playing listeners. It's your host, Stuart, wishing you great mental and physical prosperity in some pretty stressful times. I know I cannot be alone with my fantasy of escaping to another world right now, and the good news is we can go there. No filmmaker perhaps has ever been more equipped to transport movie audiences to a magical realm, in fact, than Ridley Scott was in 1986 when he followed up his dystopian visions of Alien and Blade Runner with a full-throated endorsement of unicorns and true love called Legend. It's easily one of the most beautiful films of the 1980s. I saw it in theaters as a kid and just fell in love with it. It featured the decade's biggest star, Tom Cruise. So why isn't this lavish fairy tale more legendary? I mean, it's a question worth debating. One wonders what place in movie history Legend might occupy had it come out after Top Gun, the summer 1986 blockbuster that did make Cruise a household name. Instead, it came out one month before in the States and totally bombed. Well, last Friday, my now-playing co-host Jacob and Arnie returned with me to that unique moment in time with a podcast devoted to legend. And here's a portion of that review. She and Jack declare their love for each other and promise to meet again tomorrow as she sings and credits roll. Only in the director's cut does she sing. She sings a lot in the director's cut. (laughs) She does. That was one of the surprising additions, that the joys. One of the things you only get in the theatrical that I always remembered was the opening scroll. And it's a big one. I mean, it's even bigger than Phantom Menace. We get this once long ago thing where they try to rush you through the basic ideas of unicorns and what they represent for lightness and darkness. Yeah, I did watch about the first 15 minutes of the theatrical cut just to kind of get a flavor for it. Notice that, yeah, you got a lot of words, which is weird because I feel like in the director's cut when darkness kind of lays it all out. I'm like, oh, well, I got the story from that. You know, in the original script and stuff that was filmed but never, you know, it was really dirty on the screen, it was a goblin telling you this beginning in poem. And, you know, like, forgive the intrusion. We goblins are uh, impudent people. What rhymes with intrusion? <laughs> Wait, where, when was this? This was the plan that didn't film? It was filmed, but it was never in either cut. Okay, all right. So it was going to be an oral story, which is how we think of stories being handed down by the generations. But the big thing about the theatrical is how do we get you through this really fast? We're just going to data jump. Here's what it is. Unicorns bring lightness to the world, and this character of evil called Darkness wants to kill him. So you don't get the Darkness monologue in that theatrical cut? 
No, what you get is him hanging out in a black light. And this was big shit. Ooh. The 80s loved fluorescence. I don't know if people remember that, but like wearing clothes that like glowed in the dark under a, a black light and all that stuff. When we actually see Tim Curry, it's early in the theatrical. It comes much later in the director's cut. He's got like these nails that like glow like fluorescent yellow and they really were embracing. Childhood me absolutely was mind blown to see the these colors on screen when we kick off with darkness but he doesn't monologue in the same way as the director's cut now that's a shame because i and again i think a lot of the compliments that ridley scott probably deserves are on the technical side i just love the way they've modulated tim curry's voice here that it really sounded great over the speakers people will say tim curry is the dr frankenfurter like that's what he means to them tim curry's always been clue in this to me like they, they came out virtually in the same year and i have always admired tim curry because of this performance and to me, he was always Clue. I didn't see Rocky Horror till almost a decade after Clue. But I really liked the blacklight-looking Dark Lord. What's funny is he looks all black in that. I may have even painted him black. They didn't talk about this cut scene from the director's cut. But you don't know he's this red horn demon. He's black with glowing green eyes and a green mouth. It does look very cool. In the director's cut, you don't get to see the Lord of Darkness until two-thirds into the movie. It's like a big reveal. No, he's always a shadow with green fluorescent eyes until he finally comes out of that wall. Yeah, in the theatrical cut, it's amazing how quick that they give you almost the money shot. He may not be red, but you get to see this glorious makeup, amazing makeup. I mean, he is kind of the star of the movie. Tom Cruise will not be able to overshadow him. Darkness reigns no matter what they do with the plates. He is this movie. And that makeup job is, if I had to name my favorite makeup job I've ever seen on film, this is it. Now, Rick Botten, his thing work was what got him this. And I think this is even better. Particularly because we know Tim Curry to be this pudgy, very unassuming guy. And for him to look this ferocious is just amazing. I don't know that I've ever seen better practical makeup and no CGI has ever matched this. I mentioned this last show. Tim Curry is about five foot ten, according to his bio. And he says that means he's really like five foot eight. When he was in that full costume, counting the horns, he was 13 feet tall. Holy shit. And the camera captures him that way. I mean, he again, he looms so big in this movie that, yes, by theatrical, just getting to it quick. I mean, that's what the theatrical cut does. Everything, they get too much quicker. But yeah, you know what you're facing here. We, I think we saw Darth Vader within the first five minutes of Star Wars before we met Luke. So I'm okay with that choice. I actually feel like that's fine. I appreciate the director's cut because he is darkness, that he is in shadow so much. And maybe because I'm a mature adult now, not a kid, I, I'm willing to put off that gratification for this big reveal later. The more you have him on screen, the better for me. All I want is him on screen. Anytime he's not, this film is lacking. So if you want to hear the entire conversations, as well as our thoughts on eight other films that made Tom Cruise the biggest star of the 1980s, I implore you to please be Now Playing's champion and donate for our spring-summer 2020 Gold Level series. You can begin that journey. It's very simple. All you got to do is go to the webpage nowplayingpodcast.com, click the banner at the top of the page, follow the simple instructions. Your $25 Gold Level donation is going to immediately unlock Legend, 
as well as already available reviews of Cruz's earlier high school movies, Losing It, Risky Business, All the Right Moves. And in the weeks ahead, you're going to get new shows devoted to Top Gun, The Color of Money, Cocktail. Wow, that's so... That's one worth discussing. Have a few drinks beforehand. Rain Man, the best picture winner of 1988 and born on the 4th of July. Oliver Stone's answer, really, to Top Gun. And eventually, you're also going to get Top Gun 2. But uh, Tom Cruise's latest bid to hold on to his movie throne has been pushed from this summer. We were building up to a end-of-June release date. Coronavirus has made it now move to Christmas. We're hoping to have the podcast review available for you January 1st, 2021. Barring any more viral outbreaks, that's going to happen. It's also worth pointing out Gold Level is going to get you access to all five films in our Silver Level donation series. Also going on right now. We have released one of those reviews already. You'll get it right away. Jordan Peele's outrageous slasher film. Everyone was talking about it last year. I'm still thinking about it this year. Us. You're going to get that now, and then starting in June, we begin exploring Candyman, a slasher movie series that began with three films in the 1990s, starring Tony Todd as a hook-handed urban legend, and that reboot is scheduled to come out September, written and produced by Jordan Peele. So, if he can do what he did for Get Out and Us, that should really be something to discuss. And again, all theatrical releases are tentative right now. Those dates could change. But we promise you that whenever they come out, within that first week of them being available for Americans to view commercially, we're going to see it, record our review, and get it out to you gold-level, silver-level donors. Your interest in these titles are not only going to keep movie theaters alive in these stressful times, you're keeping us alive. You know, the financial support that you're offering allows us to keep creating content at the level that we do, which is nearly 100 shows a year, including our totally free Tuesdays. So many people enjoy that because of the generosity of people like you that can reach into your hearts and your wallets and donate for our Friday shows. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for staying indoors, signing up for Gold Level, continuing to listen to our show, and going back in time with us to the 1980s and all those seminal Tom Cruise films. You are legends in my mind. Stay strong, stay safe. Thank you again for your support. Your support helps keep now playing on the air. Looking upon these frail creatures, one would not think that they could contain such power. One could rule the universe with it. The opinions expressed on now playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Venganza Media Incorporated. I trust you, Lily. I'll always trust you. This podcast has not been prepared, approved, or licensed by any entity that created or produced the film discussed in this podcast. Even now, the evil seed of what you have done germinates within you. 
Now Playing is an independent movie review podcast with no affiliation with any company involved in the publishing, creating, or distribution of the motion pictures reviewed or otherwise referred to herein. Every wolf suffers fleas. Tis easy enough to scratch. The film and all music and clips used are the property of the original copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. The dreams of youth are the regrets of maturity. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Hear me, you angel of darkness! Your reign is over! A new order begins! <laughs>